everyone. It's Seth Rudesky. Welcome to Back to School. Today we have amazing TV actor Michael Urey, TV and Broadway actor. And also, by the way, he's a producer and a director, and he did a film all about being on the speech team in high school. And speech is sort of a misnomer. The speech team, the kind of stuff that he did and I did, there's dramatic interpretation and humorous interpretation where you memorize monologues and you perform them in front of judges. And um, they're monologues from plays and you're judging your acting. And I would always do humorous interpretation or as we in the business call it, HI. My piece was from Pfeiffer's People and um, you go every weekend to these competitions and there was always this kid named Peter. And if I didn't come in first place, Peter did. Peter probably came in first place like 60% of the time or actually, you know what? To be honest, I think he always came in first place. And if he wasn't there, I would come in first place. My point is he was my arch rival. This kid named Peter, he's from Syosset. Cut to seven, eight years later, I'm playing in a piano bar in New York City. It was my gig playing in piano bars on Sunday afternoons at Rose's turn. Who walks in but Peter, my arch rival from speech team. Okay, so of course I glared at him, my signature. But weirdly, he could not have been friendlier. Friendly, 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 like crazy friendly. And I finally realized like, A, not only is he gay, but B, he's like flirting with me. So Peter and I actually started dating. And it was one of those things where I'm like, wait, it's very romantic movie. Um, Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan, like, you know, meet cute. Like we hated each other in high school. And like, now we're going to get married. So it was a lot of like, oh my God, all my wounds from high school are going to be healed. Like if we hadn't hated each other, maybe we never would have dated now. Point is, it could not have been cuter. Started dating. I wind up going to Europe to do a chorus line. And I called him on his birthday. I still remember this. I called him on his birthday. And he's acting sort of really, really weird on the phone. And as we're talking, I hear the buzzer for his apartment ring. And he buzzes, like, to say who's there. And I hear this guy go, hi, Peter. And I was like, aha. So basically, he winds up cheating on me. And where I thought, like, all my wounds were going to be healed from high school because he always went over me, he actually wounded me more? Like, the triumph I felt was more. So it was literally double devastation. So, Peter, if you're listening... I'm so devastated he cheated on me. People who judge humorous interpretation, I'm so furious Peter went over me. And there's no moral to the story except for I'm married now, I guess, happily. Wait, James, you're listening? I'm happily married. Anyway, it all worked out. All right, stay tuned for Back to School with Michael Yuri. Dreading morning classes. Stealing bathroom passes. Football. Drivers and SATs. Bullies that attack me. Why do I have back knees? Jack strands. Training bras. Frenemies. We remember back then. It's like freshman year again. Ready, steady, now you're in it. Pencil, stop, cause any minute's ever back to school. Michael Yuri. No! Hello, everyone. I'm here with actor, director, producer, documentary maker. <laughs> you know him from the Broadway, the off-Broadway, and of course, Ugly Betty. Michael Yuri. Hey. Applause. Sound Hello. of one man clapping. Two people clapping. I'll clap for myself. Why not? Um, Michael Yuri, so far you are now the youngest person I've had on the show. Oh, wow. Yeah, everyone else, I'm like, what was it like taking horse-drawn carrots to school? <laughs> so you were in high school, I want to say 94 to 98. Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. Okay, so first of all, where did you grow up? I grew up mostly in Plano, Texas. I was born outside Houston. And then I moved when I was like six or seven to Plano. And I went to Plano Senior High School. In um, Plano, there's so many people, so many kids, and they're so focused on football that they split up high school into ninth and 10th grade and 11th and 12th grade. Oh my God. So that everyone gets experience, you know, so you're not on a bench for four years until your senior year. Wait, the only reason is literally because of football to divide it up? I thought it was for other reasons. I mean, literally, I, that's the only reason we ever could come up with was that it was for, and it, and it wasn't just beneficial to football. It was good for all extracurricular activities. Okay. Because like in a four-year school or even a three-year school, like, you know, the seniors are going to get 
preferential treatment, I right. would, I would All guess. All the lead roles, as we say in our business. Exactly, exactly. So, so the result for me was I played the Captain Von Trapp as a sophomore. You weren't the captain of the football team. You were Captain Von Trapp. I still got it. Wait, as a sophomore, you played Captain Von Trapp? Yeah, yeah. And how do we make our an, hair gray? Uh, Talcum powder? I didn't do gray hair. <gasps> Gosh, I never even, maybe I did a little on the side. It would have been talcum powder, yeah. When I was the rabbi in ninth grade, I'm just saying in I Fiddler? sprayed. Yes, in Fiddler, the comic lead. I sprayed that hair white. Okay. I was uh, Sasha the Russian in ninth grade in Fiddler. Well, Goyesha, Jewisha. <laughs> Okay, so Michael, you're, you grew up in Texas, so why don't you give me, in your original accent, talk about what you would have for lunch oh, in school. Wow. Oh, wow. Let my. me hear what it sounded like back in well, the day. we had off-campus lunch, so... I want the full Plano. God, that is, is modified Plano. This is... Um, Pre-Juilliard, way pre-Juilliard. We had off-campus lunch, and so we'd go to, like, Arby's or uh, Subway... Or sometimes we go home, like we go to my house and we'd eat whatever we had, like lunch meat or whatever that we had just in the fridge there. Um, Is that really how you spoke? Not really. But oh, it that's was. Like, I'm sure it was. You were in the middle of Plano. I mean, I, I but I, you know, I, I kind of grew up watching TV, so oh. I sort of had a TV. Masterpiece Theater. We had lunch meat. <laughs> Same <laughs> Okay, so you're in Plano, you're living there. What did you think high school was going to be like when you began, and what did you base your expectation on? Well, I guess Saved by the Bell or 90210. But my sister was seven years older than I was, and she was a major sports player. So I was always going to the high schools to watch basketball games and volleyball games. So I already had kind of an idea of what being in a high school was like. But yeah, I mean, like the relationships... And the attitudes were really from watching Saved by the Bell or, I mean, you know, John Hughes movies too, and to an extent. And did it turn out that way? No, my high school was more like, um, it was more like a small college because it was enormous. There were 1,500 kids in my graduating class. Just your class? Just my class. Why is everyone having so much sex in Texas that there's so many children? Well, it's an enormous place. So when you have that many kids, is there uh, any room to be bullied or popular? No, there's no bullies. There's cliques. I was sort of in the band clique. I was in marching band in ninth and 10th grade and then still friends with all those people in 11th and 12th grade. But I was in speech and debate and drama. And, you know, there was popularity within those cliques. What was interesting about like feeding into the, because like I was in band and theater in ninth grade and 10th grade. And then when we moved to the senior high school, I'd left band and most of the kids in theater were like a year behind me. So there were only a few of us from my grade who went into theater at the senior high school. And there was one other person that knew me from high school that sort of turned a bunch of people against me. Based on what? Jealousy? Yeah. You know, so in high school, ninth and 10th grade at Vines, I became kind of like, I was like, never done anything. And I was in Fiddler on the Roof. And then like the next year I was the lead in everything and I was directing plays and I was like the star. And there was another young woman, girl, who didn't like that. And we eventually became really good friends. But she sort of like turned everyone against. So like we what got was the this- evidence? What would she say? Michael is what, controlling? Ego? I mean, ego. I, there was a period where it was ego. And the, in fact, some of my very close friends like sat me down and they were like, we think that you have an ego in like 10th grade. But was that based on reality or was that her um, spin? I think I was just like finding my voice as a theater person. And, and I was like going a little crazy. 
um, directing a show, starring in a show. And I probably was like, you know, but I was playing. I was like, it was like make-believe kind of, you know. But was, you weren't mean to other kids. You weren't like, you're not talented enough to be in my show. No, I wasn't like that. Oh, no, you weren't like me. Okay, I get <laughs> no, it. I was, maybe I was like a little bit of a tyrant in rehearsal, you know, like. My way or the highway? Yeah, or like, why are we ready to start? You know, things like that. But, you know, I was like 13, 14 years old. Right, of course. Okay, so wait, um, what was the relationship with the Yuris, Mr. and Mrs. Yuri? Mr. and Mrs. Yuri were very supportive. They didn't quite know what to make of theater. Um, oh, what were they doing? We're farmers. No, they oh. were, my dad worked for an oil company, Arco. There's still Arco stations in some parts of the country. Mm-hmm. And my mom was a stay-at-home mom for a lot of my childhood. And then she worked for an insurance company for part of my, you know, when I was in high school and stuff. My dad loved loves sports and we went to like, every one of my sister's volleyball and basketball games. And then I'm doing like marching band and they were like, great, marching band. All right, because it's during a sporting event. Right. And they would go hear the band. What was your instrument? French horn. Oh, Vanessa Williams. Did you guys ever bond over that during Alki Betty? Oh, absolutely. We tried to like find a moment to play in the show, but it didn't really make sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, like, why, why would we do that? So they came um, to see that, but would they come to see you do the other oh, yeah, stuff that wasn't sports everything. related? They would come see everything. They just didn't quite know what to make of the plays. You seem like a goody two-shoes. Did you follow the rules with your parents? Oh, yeah. I didn't smoke or drink or, I mean, I think maybe one time in high school I drank. Did you get in trouble for other stuff though, staying out late with your friends? You know, my parents were really protective and they wouldn't get so much angry with me if I broke curfew or anything like that. They would get disappointed. They would get scared. (laughs) Oh, oh. Like I was dead. Oh, oh. Like I was dead on the street. So I just didn't want that. I didn't want them to feel scared. So I was pretty good. And they, were, they weren't like strict. They just needed to know where I was. Okay, and what about with teachers? Did you ever get in trouble with any teachers? No, I was a really good student. I was, did you see SNL the other night? Teacher's yeah. friend? Yeah, were you teacher's friend? That was friend? me. That's exactly me. But were you the tattle aspect also? No, I didn't really tattle, but I was teacher's friend. I would like, I mean, I remember one time there was a teacher like in third grade, Miss Pelly, who I loved. And when she would read and we would all like sit around her, I would put my head on her lap. I just loved her so much. And I remember one time she was like, not today, Michael, it's too hot. It was Texas, you know, it was always hot. Um, like, were you like, traumatized? I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I don't think I ever did it again. But I was like, you know, you could be an aide to a teacher. Mm-hmm. I was always like, I loved that. I love, and I also wanted to be a teacher before I wanted to be an actor. I wanted to be a drama teacher. Oh, still so like, drama though. Obs- still drama, yeah. So I was like obsessed with like, what do they do? What are their offices like? What do they do on an off period? You know, how do they decorate their, you know, I mean, I, I can still see my drama high school walls that had posters of Sam Waterston and Hamlet and Bernadette Peters and Song and Dance. So and, 80s. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, 80s shows that they would, you know, did going. you ever go into the faculty lounge, the forbidden faculty lounge? I loved lounge? going in. I mean, you actually was, were allowed I, in. I, I, I not like allowed, but I would like go with Miss Ida, my drama teacher, Miss Ida, <gasps> would like sometimes walk me in, and she was awesome. She was like, who knows how old? She's now gone. She's now dead. But she was like, she had this great like big Texas red hair, and there were pictures of her in the office, in her office from like twenty years earlier, where she had gray hair. So you had no idea how old she Wait, was. That's <laughs> amazing mystery. Did you have a specific best friend all through high school, girl or a boy? I'm gonna uh, pick girl. It was a boy. Stuart. Years later, married him and his husband. Wait, you? Oh, you mean you were the? I was the officiant. Oh my 
god, and that's so sweet. We would watch movies over and over again, like Misery. Wait, a comedy like Misery? A comedy like Misery. <gasps> Why so scary? I don't know. We just loved Misery because of Kathy Bates, of course. Like we just. We had no idea why we loved her so much, but it was, we loved Misery. We watched Big Business, Death Becomes Her, Soap Dish, Clue, like movies that, you know, were- Grand were, divas, it sounds like. Yes, like extremely gay movies that, you know, we were obsessed with when we were 12 Now this 13. is the mid nineties when it was definitely easier in a sense to be gay, but it's also Texas, so it's more like the mid forties. Right, so what was right. it like? Oh, we weren't gay. We were not out until after high school. And we didn't experiment. He and I never experimented with each other. We never talked about it until we were out of high school. Were you call gay by other kids? Not really. Once or twice. But it wasn't like because I was seemed gay. It was because that was just mean. Mm-hmm. You know, they would just say that because they were mean. There was a guy in my high school who was gay and out. Wow. I mean, we all knew it. And he dressed fabulously. And he was gorgeous. He was like... Oh my God, he was like this tall, strapping, handsome guy who dressed fabulously and didn't give a shit about anything. And I didn't know him. Um, he wasn't in theater or band or I don't know what he did, but he was beautiful and very intimidating and impressive. And, and I remember occasionally hearing people talk about him in negative ways, but to my knowledge, he wasn't really bullied and I, you know, he was—he wasn't an outcast. So, what were you doing dating-wise? Dating girls. Did you know you weren't interested? No, I was interested. I was into it. I had a girlfriend through a lot of high school, you know, like on again, off again, and she was great. Did you have any suspicion to yourself that you? Yes. Would... And what did you think was going to happen? <laughs> did I answer that? that quickly enough? I didn't really finish the question, dear. <laughs> I, it was a hyphen. Um, <laughs> Wait, so wh- what did you think was going to happen? Did you think, oh, when I move to New York one day, I'll be able to be gay? Or did no, you just think, oh. I wasn't sure. I wasn't really sure. You know, my sister was gay. And oh. so part of me was like, I wonder if I'm just, because I did like my girlfriends mm-hmm. and I wasn't faking it. I'm sure like, you know, if I was a kid today, who knows what letter I would pick. Or if you were a kid in the 50s, you would have been just married. I'm sure. And I would have had demons. Was there one specific moment in high school that made you go, wait a minute, I actually don't want to be with girls. I think I do want to be with boys. Did something flip you? Well, there was a point when, before I was ready, somebody kind of came out to me. Came out to you? Yeah, somebody else. And I was like, yeah, I I have those feelings, but I'm not, you know, I sort of like. So like, I was aware of them. But again, this is also a different time. Like now a boy who likes boys can also like girls. Mm-hmm. That wasn't really a thing then. Mm-hmm. You, you had couldn't, to choose. You really couldn't be both like you can now. And that was a really confusing idea to me. It was like, I do like my girlfriend. I mean, I, you know, like we were in high school, so it wasn't true love. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we were sweethearts and we did like each other and it wasn't a chore. But I also definitely had these other feelings. Back to your sister. If your sister's seven years older, was she sort of like your yes, mentor? Uh, sage, not sage until, because uh, she was also going through it because she was, you know, like if I was perfectly happy dating girls and occasionally thinking about boys, she was miserable dating boys um. and dated a lot of girls. Wait, 
Did a lot of girls in high secretly. school. Secretly. Wait, she was dating girls in high school? Yes. <gasps> yes. In Texas? Yes. In early 90s. The any, early 90s. Any cheerleaders? Like something really scandalous? No, other sports players. Okay, not that. <laughs> okay. Right. And then she went to an all girls college. Oh, work. And then when I was about 14 and like, you know, my brain was a little harder, she came out to me. Oh. And then we became really close. But what? up until that point, we just had nothing to say to each other. You know what I mean? Like she was in sports, I was in band and then yeah. drama. And like, and there was, a, what's interesting is like she and her best friend would fight all the time. And my best friend, Stuart, and I would fight. <laughs> For We eventually outgrew fighting. But when we were like in like elementary school and early middle school, we would fight. And I would always say, well, we just fight like Laura and Leslie fight. And then when... She came out to me. I was like, oh, wow. So you guys were always fighting about that. And well, what do you mean about that? About their relationship. They were actually dating. They were full on oh, dating and all through high school. And I was like, because I always thought that you and Leslie were like me and Stuart. And she said, so did I. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, well, no, we weren't. You weren't an idiot. You were a gay. That's so we weird. Were. I'm sure that we were fighting about tension. I'm sure it was the same kind of thing, but we never acted on it or talked about it until we got out of high school, like shortly out of high school. You know, it wasn't long before we, you never, we started. You never wound up dating your best friend. No, we never wound up dating. Oh, this whole time. Why aren't you both married? Um, <laughs> oh, but I do remember right after high school, the first time I ever like tried something with somebody, with a guy. It was right after high school? It was right after high school. On a high school sanctioned activity, the national tournament for speech and debate. Yes, which I was dying to be in, go on. I ended up becoming friends with these two guys. And the three of us were like, we were friends with each other because, you know, we smelled it. Mm -hmm. And I remember being at the hotel in like a hot tub or something. And I was sort of into this one guy and this guy was into the other guy, and that guy was. So it was like there were three of us. Wait, so one was into. So it was literally um, like kind of starches no exit. Sort of like you're all into it the was wrong just one. Like no exit, <laughs> and we couldn't. And so nothing happened because. Did I was anything in, happen? At least a kiss. No, nothing happened because I was trying to get with one guy who had his eyes on the other, while that guy had his eyes on me. It was, it was like, and like, you know, if we'd been a little older, we. Probably could have figured it out. Uh, yeah. um, but I've, I've seen that movie. <laughs> given that we were 18 or 17, we couldn't, and, and, and we, but we were so sweet to each other. And we eventually, and we were from all over the country too. It was nationals. And eventually it was explained. We like figured it out. What do you mean? Like in the hot we tub? We talked about it. I was like, I'm sorry if I, and he was like, no, it's okay. It's just that I, and the other guy was like, <laughs> yeah, and I, and we were like, Getting on the plane. Bye. Oh you my know, God. Like, it was so crazy. <laughs> that happened to me in all state chorus. It's like it's always those go away trips where something right. finally happens. Right, exactly. So discuss because people when people hear this speech and debate, people think it's like you make speeches. Speech and debate is really an acting tournament. Speech is really an acting tournament. Yes. I mean there's two sides to it. There is the more like political yes. and you know. I remember that. Uh, uh, Extemporaneous speaking, all that yes, crap fest. Right. But you were in the act like I was humorous interpretation. Right, exactly. Is that what you did? Humorous interpretation and or dramatic. H I or D I H I and dramatic interpretation. Mm-hmm. And we had duet acting. Duo, I remember that. Duo there was the duet acting which we had two chairs and we could look at each other and talk to each other. There was also duo interp 
as opposed to duet, where you couldn't look at each other and couldn't touch. So everything was out. Yeah, that yeah. I don't remember. That just sounds like that's stupid. Yeah. Okay, so, <laughs> so were you HI or D? Were you humorous or dramatic? I was actually DI. You were dramatic. And, you know, what Michael, did you do, Misery? I did Confessions of a Nightingale about Tennessee Williams. There's a one-man play written about Tennessee Williams. So you did a gay monologue, and yet you were like, I had zero idea. Literally, I was like on the national... I won, too. I won nationals. <gasps> I was on the national stage <gasps> saying, so am I a homosexual? <laughs> like as Tennessee Williams. Wow. And, you, and you were really disassociated that you didn't think there was any connection? Well, at that point, I realized. You, you know, did? At, at that point... Yeah, I mean, that was the same tournament where I was, like, flirting with guys. Like, actually openly, like, giving it a shot. Okay. So you won speech for that. Did you ever have any tournament that you lost that you still cannot stop thinking about? <laughs> Which, by the way, is my state tournament. I'm still furious. Oh, what happened? I came in number one in every, you know, you have, like, that prelim. I came, it was, like, number one, number one, number one, number right, one. Right. And one none, we were judged by nuns, ranked me, like, number 10. And it made my ranking just one Ooh. off to make finals. I literally cannot stop thinking about it. And high school was not in the 90s, I would just say. I'm so furious. So do you have that one tournament that you didn't well, win? Well, the state, so that my senior year, I did this Tennessee Williams thing and I was really successful. I was always in finals, usually first or second. Mm -hmm, I know the feeling. And then at state, I didn't get out of like <gasps> the second round or something. Why, because of the game monologue? I, uh, could have been. I don't remember there being like a nun or anything like that, but it didn't happen for me. And I was like, wow. And I did better with my, I also was doing HI, but I wasn't as successful with HI. And I ended up doing better with HI. And by the way, Michael Benjamin Washington. Who's a brilliant actor. Was a year ahead of me in high school. And he's the gold standard. Because he was like, he won nationals as a junior <laughs> doing George C. Wolfe's The Colored Museum. Wow. And then the next year, his senior year, he did The Wiz. He did a 10-minute version of The Wiz playing all the characters. And it was, I'm not kidding, brilliant. But singing a cappella? He would sing, oh he would God. dance, he played all the characters. It was incredible. And he won his junior and senior year, and I just won my senior He's year. He's basically your idol. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And when he didn't get into Juilliard, <laughs> sorry, Michael, I thought there's no chance that I would ever get in. And I had lousy grades and I thought I wanted to be a teacher and then I decided to be an actor too late. So long story short, I ended up at a community college for a year. Perfectly happy. Didn't know what would happen. I, I, once I went to New York, this trip right after high school, right after I won the national competition, because that was right after high school ended. And you already planned on going to community college at that point. I'd already planned on going to community college. And I went with the community college on a trip to New York. We saw 13 shows in 10 days and toured Juilliard. And I was like, I got to get to New York. I got to get to New York. I'm going to spend this year or two in community college and find out how to get to New York. And it was the teacher on this trip who said, you should audition for Juilliard. And you're like, I'll never get in because Michael Benjamin Washington yes, didn't get in? that's right. Wow. I auditioned and I got in. I guess he does suck. <laughs> um, what was your big fear about after high school? Like, oh my God, what if I wind wow, up? Great question. Um, well, I definitely thought, what if I don't make it as an actor? But I did still, I really wanted to be a teacher through most of high school. And so you didn't have this whole star obsession? No. No, I didn't. I didn't think I had that. I didn't think I could. And my teachers were my heroes. Oh, so nice. like I thought, I love doing theater. 
and uh, you know, I, I love like uh, imagining, you know, productions, directing seasons, you know, casting. I loved all of that. And I thought I could do that right here and I can still be in plays in Dallas. You know, like there were theater teachers who would like be in plays and direct plays and stuff. I thought I can be that. I can be that. And then I just kept winning all these tournaments and people were saying, you know, you're the real deal. And so people encouraged me and that's how I ended up giving it a shot. And truly, I auditioned for Juilliard on a whim. And what's crazy is that girl who was mean to me, who I then became friends with, she also went to community college and we auditioned for Juilliard together. And she didn't get a call back and I did. And then I got in and she is a nurse. So I was, I wanted to be a teacher and my parents had saved up enough money for me to go to a state school for four years. And so I applied to several state schools in Texas for drama education, theater education. And I had lousy grades. But what confuses me is you were such a goody two-shoes, love teachers, <laughs> but you had lousy grades. Why did you have lousy grades? Are you a dumbass? I'm a dumbass. You're not a dumbass though. You're so smart. So how did you have lousy grades? You must I, have studied. I was so crappy at math. I was really bad at math and really tried and ended up getting kicked out of a play because I failed a six weeks period in my junior year. We did six degrees of separation. By the way, math has really held me back in the real world. I know. Wait, so when you so they told they said you can't continue this play because Well, you, there was a really in Texas there's a no pass no play policy. So oh if you God. if you fail a 6 week period, you can't do your extracurricular activities. So we were doing 6 degrees of separation for this one act play festival, which is a huge thing in Texas. Uh, Michael Washington was playing Paul, of, of course, course, brilliantly. And I got kicked out of it. And we ended up winning state. That was that we? was extremely well, they. <laughs> Don't make yourself a part of it. Your ass was kicked out. And then I bombed the SAT and I got rejected to all those schools. Uh, But this is the crazy thing. So I bombed it. I got rejection letters from all those state schools. uh, I was being told you should be an actor anyway. I was offered a scholarship to this community college that had a really great theater program. And I was like, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to be an actor and I'm going to go to community college. I'm not going to go learn how to be a drama teacher. I don't need math to do what I want to do. I remember my sister talking through it with me and she was like, just... Follow this path. Follow this. Give it a shot. It's usually the opposite. It's like you don't do well at acting, and sadly, you have to become a teacher, even though there are a lot of great teachers. But you were the opposite. You <laughs> I know. weren't good enough to be a teacher. So you're like, right. I guess I'll become right. a star. But I also <laughs> thought, like, if I go to the community college for two years, I get my associate's degree, and then I can go and learn how to be a teacher if that's where I'm at. But then I took the ACT. You know, you know the ACT. Yeah. But what does that stand for? I don't know. But what does it mean? Academic. I don't know, but I took them around the same time, but the SAT first and then the ACT. And when you take them, you put in which colleges you're interested in and they just automatically send your results. So I took the SAT, then the ACT, then I got my results from the SAT. I said, screw it. I'm going to community college and I'm not going to go to those schools. And then I got the results to the ACT and I did great. That's weird. So the ACT is the shapes and colors version of the SAT. Oh, the I SAT see. is like numbers mm-hmm. and and then the ACT is like John had feel? Four, four cats. <laughs> now he only has 3. What does he feel? You know, it's like 
<laughs> and and how many cats does he have? And you're like, well, he's so sad because he lost one cat, <laughs> you know. And I did great, and then I got acceptance letters to all those schools, but I'd already made the decision. So like, in this crazy twist of fate, if I'd taken the ACT first, yeah, you would have just been on the same path. I might have ended up at like Midwestern State University in Laredo, Texas, or whatever. But that's what always goes to prove my point that there are a lot of potential stars that just didn't pursue being a star. You know, like you wouldn't have been a star necessarily and you yeah. had the potential. Okay, so wait, how horrible was Jim in Texas? <laughs> it wasn't great. But marching band exempted me from gym. <gasps> oh, you're so lucky. Yeah, so in ninth and 10th grade, I didn't have to take gym, which was really great. Because like in middle school, you just sort of suffer through it. Yeah. And it was awkward changing. But I also, you know, in middle school, sometimes gym was fun being in the locker room. You know, I remember in middle school learning a few things. Uh-huh. But I hated playing the sports and I hated, you know, the idea of having to go take a shower with a bunch of boys was terrifying oh, yeah. to me. Terrifying. But then in What I, were you terrified of? Being naked in front of people. But the first play I saw you in, you were literally wearing like a Speedo yeah. <laughs> for the entire show. I was in a bathing suit, but somebody else wore just Okay, well, you were still in a bathing suit. I was in a bathing suit, yeah. So you stopped being scared. You know, I grew up. Uh... <laughs> uh-huh, get back. Literally okay. turning red. <laughs> Never seen a redder face. Okay, what about Driver's Ed? Oh, wow. Driver's Ed. It was great. I loved it. It was fun. I did it when I was like 15. Got out my license as soon as I turned 16. You have your own car? I did have my own car. I had a used 1989 Chevy Beretta that I named the Bernadetta. True story. Based on Bernadette Peters? Uh, Of course. And then you got to work with her. Yeah. She was like my hero. Was there some moment in high school that really defines you that you can go, oh my God? Um, There was a group of guys that I was really close friends with from band, including my best friend Stuart and another friend who I'd been friends with since... We were kids, and then these other guys from band, and we were called the Stud Squad. The Studs? Who yeah. called you the Stud Squad, dear? Somebody else. Self-named? No, somebody else named us. Stacy. Uh-huh. Mrs. Yuri. Okay, go on. Okay, whatever. <laughs> and there was a guy in it that in my senior year, I sort of said, I think that I might have feelings for guys, and I'm telling you because, I don't know, I think you might also. And he was like, no, I don't, and that's wrong. And years later, as in a year ago, he told me that he does. (gasps) And he was like, do you remember that time? And I was like, I do. And he was like, I felt bad about that all these years because I, I mean, he's married and has children. And, you know, again, like this like fluidity. Are we outing him on national radio now? I didn't say his name. (laughs) Okay. Well, it's one of the six members of the stud squad. I can do the math. Wait. Oh my God. I didn't think about that. Red face. <laughs> okay, get ready for this or that, where my guest reveals which pop culture thing they loved and hated in high school. Okay, this segment's called This or That, where you tell me which of two things were, quote, unquote, your thing in high school or oh, more your oh, thing. okay, okay. Were you Friends or Frasier? Frasier. What? Full on Frasier. Absolutely. The driest, mm. what were you, a 40-year-old Brit? I was, I was David Hyde Pierce. <laughs> oh, I forgot you were goody two shoes. I was David Hyde Pierce, fully, absolutely. 
Always 100%. Still Frasier. I would still. Okay. But, but really, it was Seinfeld. That was your thing? Seinfeld, I have vivid memories of after my sister left the house, we would sit at the bar in the kitchen for dinner and there was a TV on the refrigerator and every night we would have dinner together watching Seinfeld laughing. <laughs> we laughed so, we loved Seinfeld. It was on syndication, I guess, already. And still, to this day, it is the funniest sitcom Ever. Did you ever get to meet anybody from that show or any guest stars? I've met Jason Alexander before. I've met oh, a lot of guest stars. And I've met Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I met them both very briefly. And I was so starstruck, you know. It's funny. I don't know if you get starstruck by anyone. But the only people I get starstruck by are the people that I fell in love with in this period of time from like 12 to 19. Anybody that was like my hero then. Yeah. If I'm there, well, they seem like magical people at that yeah. age. When we're older, we kind of know they're just actors in a sense. When right. you're younger, you're like they're gods. Right? Uh, were you Simpsons or South Park? Simpsons. Yes, me too. Oh my god! <laughs> Talk about hilarious. But I did. Love I mean, I remember the first time I watched South Park vividly. But it, it was, you know, I was a little goody two shoes. Yeah, this show's too dirty. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was kind of. Yeah, it was like I'm not going to reference South Park to my parents. Did you watch Beavis and Butthead? No. Too I wasn't, dirty. I wasn't into Beavis. <laughs> You're a goody tushes. I um, also... I, I think I would have made fun of you in high school. Go some, on. <laughs> something I've noticed as I've looked back on things is I was a little bit of a snob. Like, I think I didn't think Beavis and Butthead was good. Mm-hmm. And was that's quality. why... It was quality. Well, if Frasier's your favorite show, dear, or right? one of your favorite shows, then Yes. I mean, I remember my parents being discerning about things like that. And recently, I watched Hocus Pocus for the first time. Why, you mean you had rejected it? Because you were like, this is beneath me? Yes. I had never watched Hocus Pocus because I thought it was crap. And I was right. (laughs) (laughs) I did like it. I mean, I enjoyed watching it, but it's totally crap. (laughs) Okay, crush-wise, were you Keanu Reeves or Brad Pitt? Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, Thelma and Louise. Woo! Brad Pitt and Thelma and Louise was so hot that I remember my sister being hot for him. Wow. Yes. If that lesbian can feel it. (laughs) (laughs) I remember her being like, look at his abs. Remember him and Thelma and Louise? I actually literally never saw it. Oh, he. Even though I know all about the abs, I always read about it. The dreamiest. So hot. I mean. Did you ever meet him? I peed next to him one time. Where? The Golden Globes. Did you say, let me see your abs? <laughs> I, said my, I said, even my lesbian sister thinks you're hot. <laughs> and pee shy. No, but that was a, the Golden Globes. The only time I've ever gone to the Golden Globes, it was the biggest red carpet. I mean, as you can imagine. And it was one of those red carpets where there's like, you know, so many rows of photographers and you would go out and then about five feet later, they would send the next person. Mm-hmm. And it was Leonardo DiCaprio, Vanessa Williams, and me. <gasps> And then Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie came and bypassed us all, stood in the middle of this giant conveyor belt, and then went on. They just, like, owned it. We have our own rules. It was hot. It was hot. Okay. Similarly, I was at the Met Gala this year. Whoa. And everybody waits in line for the red carpet. I mean, I was in line behind Emma Stone. I was in front of Jimmy Fallon. And... J-Lo bypassed the entire line. Wow, 
That's yeah. my dream to bypass. Oh, hot, line. so hot. <laughs> is it? It also sounds very entitled and annoying. Oh God, disgusting! But, <laughs> but so hot. Okay, um, Spice Girls. Or well, I was wondering though. <laughs> there's no or. It's more like yes, I like the Spice Girls, and I'm going to say, well, well, then were you more of a posh baby? I, I, I was not a Spice Girl. Oh, they were they were a hocus pocus. They were on that level. They were actually yes. And when I did a show for Logo Cocktails and Classics, where we like hosted movies, they forced us to do Spice World, and I had never seen it. And, and the verdict? It's so horrible. It's totally <laughs> horrible. Good to know. Yeah. Um, Titanic or an actual good film? Love Titanic. That I makes me so Titanic. angry. But it's also my love of disaster films. No, me too. So I don't want a CGI film, first of all, which looks fake. I want oh. why did Poseidon Adventure look more real? That's A. Fair. B, I want Poseidon Adventure, those characters were so there rich. was so much depth I to know. them. Yes. So rich. Titanic, like, she wants to buy a painting by someone named Picasso. And you're supposed to go, Oh my god, he's such an idiot, man. I cannot believe I do. I like Titanic. Well then sorry. I assume you like Twister then. Love Twister. Okay, that, okay. Speaking of which, disasters, we're both obsessed. Any tornadoes in your childhood? No, not really. What? You no, poor we thing. Didn't. No, we had a flood. I remember a flood. And what was that, that like? That was really scary. Scary, but you love disaster movies. a flood. Like, they let us go play in the flood. Wait, what? They like, let the you or they was... wanted to have one less child? <laughs> what does that mean? They let you. I remember the street being flooded and playing in the flood. Oh Isn't that crazy? God, that's scary. I mean, it wasn't like a flash flood. It was uh-huh. like, but Twister, but also Dante's Peak. Oh, that's the volcano, right? Big fan. I prefer Dante's Peak to Volcano, but I also like Volcano. And I prefer Deep Impact to Armageddon, but I also like Armageddon. I'm aware of your work. Um, Now, in terms of old school products, were you a Discman or a Walkman? Discman. I had a Walkman, but I cherished my Discman. Was it at least anti-skip three seconds? Remember, like that was the whole amazing thing because, yes. like, before that, it was just like every few seconds, but then you had the anti skip. So, you yes, had that. Yes, I did have the anti skip. <gasps> wow. And I had a, you know, a folder of my CDs. Yeah, I know we all did. Were you pager or a crazy giant cell phone? Pager. Really? Pager. For your drug deals? <laughs> my drug deals. <laughs> I had a pager. And then my parents got a car phone. Of course. <laughs> we had a car phone when I was driving, and they would say, take the car phone if you're going to be out late. And, and what is the car when you plug it into the cigarette adapter or yeah, something? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it only worked in the car. I didn't have a cell phone until halfway through my second year at Juilliard. Wow, that was like 2000, 2001. Yeah. Um, now in terms of like those lady singers, you like Fiona Apple or like Alana Smarsat? Wasn't really into either of them. I have to God, say. you're a snob. No wonder they sat you down and talked about your ego. Did you listen to your friends when they said that? You know- <laughs> When I, I did, actually I did. And I did change. I was no longer, I did listen to them. I didn't at the moment, at the moment I said, I said, I'm under a lot of pressure and I stormed out, (laughs) but I did change and I was not like that anymore, but I wasn't really into the current music. I was into oldies and then Broadway. And I was really into like movie scores because of band and because I love movies. So I had like John Williams CDs. And then I had Broadway CDs. I had very few, you know, I mean, I had a Madonna tape. I had a Billy Joel CD, but I had very few like current. No Mariah? No, never got into Mariah. Christina? Never got into Christina. I'm now into like Whitney. Okay, it's time to find out how much my guest has changed. 
or how much they have not. This is high school versus now. Okay, now I'm going to do high school versus now, where I give you a scenario. <laughs> you tell me how you would have responded in high school oh. and how you'd respond now. Okay, good. Okay, so in high school, you are up for, I guess, best speech up against Michael Benjamin Washington. And now as an adult, you're up for a gender bending lead. You're auditioning opposite Vanessa Williams. How would you have reacted then versus now? Meaning you're up against a close friend in high school, up against a close friend as an adult. I wouldn't want to win. You wouldn't want to? I wouldn't want to win against either of them. I mean- Because you're close to them or because you're, they're so talented, they deserve it more than I do? Yes, exactly. The latter. Really? Like if I was in high school, if I'd been up against Michael Washington and beat him, it would have been a mistake. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, with Vanessa, I just wouldn't. You wouldn't, you wouldn't I would want her compa- to just let her have it. Just give it to Vanessa. I would pull myself out of the running, I guess. Okay, how about this? You walk into gym class and you hear two popular boys talking about you. I'll just give Texas names. I wrote down Lasso, Wallaby, and Boots McGraw. So <laughs> you hear them dishing you. As an adult, you walk into Easter Bonnet competition, a big Broadway Cares Equity Fights Hates fundraiser, and you hear Cheetah Rivera and Angela Lansbury talking shit about you. So how would you have reacted in high school and how would you have reacted? I would have completely wallflowered in high school, hidden away. But today I would walk right up to them and hug them and be sweet and friendly. And so you wouldn't have been like, you wouldn't have confronted no, them. No, I wouldn't be, no, I would. I would Southern style, turn on the charm. I would them- get right in front of it. If I'm ever in a position like that, I throw myself into it immediately and, and try to diffuse it with joy and kindness. But the next day, would you be like, those bitches? I would tell the story as like, you will not believe what they said about me. And this is how I handled it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> how about you're in high school and you have an event, you have to get super dressed up versus today you have to do the red carpet next to Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. Would you be excited to get dressed up? No, I hate getting dressed up. Even in high school? Um, actually, I liked it more in high school. What was this dressed up outfit for you? You know, like an ugly brown vest with a white shirt and dress shoes. I mean, I had, I thought I had style, but I did not. And now I know I don't. Okay. <laughs> now you claim it. Yeah. It's time for Show and Tell, where my guests show me mementos from their high school years. Okay, now we're going to do Show and Tell. Michael... I asked him to bring some high school stuff. He thought I didn't have any, but he's just brought an envelope of random things from high school years. Am I correct? Yes. This is the stud squad. The stud squad. Wow. And you're all standing with your arms oh folded. God. That's a That's really- the horrible brown vest that I was describing. Wait, that is the brown vest and the white shirt. With the black pants and dress shoes. And you're all standing with your arms folded like you're a quote unquote crew, I guess. And you're not smiling. I know. It's not like cool, we're a boy man. band. Can you pick which one's- I talked about? Um, quite frankly, all five. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, this is basically the village Which people. Which one did I marry? I guess you married him. I married that one. Oh, so that's your best friend that you fought that's with all the Stuart. time as a kid. Yeah, this is a picture of four boys in a place. So I guess I guess you guys were doing Lacaz because I've never seen more makeup before. <laughs> this is literally the makeup you wore in a play? We wore, yes. It is completely irrelevant to the show. You just were like, it's a play. We have to put on full base lipstick. Yeah, man, we sure were. Look at us. And then this was in the 11th grade. We did Joseph, Joseph. the Amazing Technique. And then I'm right there. One of the brothers? Yeah, I was Gad. Yeah, the worst brother. My only line was, and if we have the time, we could see the Sphinx. Sphinx. That was my only line. This was my autograph collection. 
Whoa, he had autographs. I would write to people and get autographs. Probably more like middle school. Whoa. But look at these old headshots. Autograph from, oh my God, Dustin Hoffman. I had a book where you could write, you like get the address of stars and I would write to them and I have Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman, Jack Nicholson. Look at that one. Oh my God, an autograph from John Williams because remember he liked movie music. Nerd. An autograph from E.T., Steven Spielberg. Oh my God, it's really his autograph. Oh, I'm sure these were all services. But it looks you like know. It's, but it's a real autograph. I was autograph, into Star though. Trek. I had Leonard Nimoy. Nimoy. Sean Connery was the first one that showed up. That's just fo- some football one football player. This seen. one, DeForest Kelly, who was my favorite character on Star Trek. He played Bones on Star Trek. Wow. This one, I'm pretty sure he sent himself. Oh, really? Because there wasn't enough postage. It was postage due. He was like, no one's ever asked me for an autograph. And it was the same handwriting. I think he did his own. Isn't that great? Okay, and then these are my round reports from speech tournaments. And this is Cut de Sac. There's this play that people would do all the time called Cul-de-Sac, which is about a woman who gets cornered in a cul-de-sac by an attacker. Oh, my God. And she pulls a gun on him and makes him cut off his own penis. And so we call it Cut de Sac. But how about the fact that this was done in high schools? It's so- it was really, oh my gosh, we would do and your very nickname was <laughs> cut the sack. Isn't that gross? So we were trash. But they wouldn't cut the sack; they would cut the shaft. I know, I know. It was it was also not Get back to me. That's a lot of crap I just threw at you. I'm I'm very emotional. Why? What does it make you feel? Just nostalgic. You know, all these people. I just outed so many people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> your sister was in the closet up until this. <laughs> Hardly. It's almost the end of the episode, which means it's time for my two final questions. Okay, so Michael Yuri, this is my last segment. If someone from your high school is listening to this podcast, is there something you want to say to them? Or just if your whole high school in general is listening, is there anything you've always wanted to say? Oh, wow. Um, I guess I would say to my high school... Your old high school, by the way. My old, those people. Yeah. Like if it was then, like if it was 1998 and I was on the loudspeaker. Actually, yes. Come see Midsummer Night's Dream <laughs> playing three performances only. <laughs> You're a nightmare. Okay. Now what if your 15-year-old self is somehow listening to this podcast in a time warp? What would you want to say to Michael Yuri Jr.? Oh, wow. I would probably say, don't worry about the math class. Because I was a really painful, stressful thing, that math class. I would say, one day, everyone will carry a calculator everywhere. <laughs> it's called a phone. Thank you, Michael Yuri. Thank you. This episode of Seth Rudesky's Back to School was produced and engineered by Sarah Esikoff. Our theme music was written by Seth Rudetsky and sung by Seth Rudetsky and Maggie McDowell. Our band was Seth Rudetsky, Mark Schmied, Carrie Meads, and Jim Hirschman. This episode was mixed by James Bilodeau. Seth Rudetsky's Back to School is a serious XM production and is executive produced by me, Seth Rudetsky, Brandon Getchis, and Maggie Van Dorn. 